All right, let me uh, let me put on my my Casey starting the show voice. Are you prepared? Can't wait. <laughs> so, Mike, that's how you're gonna do it. That's how you start the show. <laughs> yeah, now you ruined it. I was just I was winding up for the pitch. Now you ruined. It. Now we've started. This, so what's Mike, in the show? What's in the show is in the show, Michael. Uh, how was L.A.? So, Mike, how was L.A.? It's great, thanks, Casey. I could just do the show on my own. <laughs> Why am I even here? I'll just <laughs> sit back and take the month off. Just like Velveeta, uh, did you get the bad food? I don't know. That's just you. So, Mike, how was LA? <laughs> <laughs> You've been back for a couple of weeks now. It was a little bit in the past. I'm I'm adjusting to this new schedule as much as you and everyone else is. But all kidding aside, no. But do you see the benefit of like doing the show monthly, right? Like. This happened, and then we have to, and we still get time to talk about it. We don't have to like rush it out. Like we, you know, it's just like we get. There's more time for things to have happened. Yes, right? that's true. And and a lot has happened. We have a lot to talk about. So, tell me, how is LA? You, we have several different subtopics here, but just in general, you have you have or have not been to LA before? I don't recall. I have never been to that part of California. No, because we were like, it's like air quotes LA. Mm-hmm. Right, we spent the majority of our time in Beverly Hills, sure, okay, mm-hmm. which is like technically like not L.A. Yeah, yeah, right, it's not yeah. Los Angeles; it's Beverly Hills, California. Mm-hmm. Then we spent a bunch of time uh, in like Orange County. So mm-hmm. you, we like collectively refer to it as L.A. because it's like the the nearest place that you know, right? Like sure. we flew in and out of LAX, but we like not technically in L. We we did go to downtown L.A. and that kind of stuff. I mean, LA is LA. The, the greater LA area is just a bunch of sprawl. Now, for the record, yeah. I actually quite like the greater LA area. It has its problems, but I actually really like it. I'm not even entirely sure why I like it as much as I do, but I do really like it. Um, but yeah, I take your point that LA, it's all t- to me, having never spent a tremendous amount of time there, it's all just one big mashup of random places. So I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's greater LA area. So, regardless, you went to the greater LA area. The most important I, the question I have for you, and I don't recall if we only spoke about this privately or if we spoke about it on the show, did you or did you not go to Griffith Observatory? Why would we have spoken about it on the show? I don't know. I didn't remember. I'm just making sure. But like, we didn't, I didn't, don't even think I spoke about the fact that I was going. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. Did well, we we didn't talk about it on the show, and I'll cut all this out. But <laughs> did you or did you not go to Griffith? Because when we, when we were privately, definitely not on the show, privately discussing this <laughs> in, the, in the weeks leading up to your trip, I had strongly encouraged, if not basically demanded, that you go to Griffith Observatory, which is a very famous uh, Los Angeles area landmark, but is also important to the history of this show because of The Rocketeer and the finale of The Rocketeer, which we featured on Mike at the Movies way back when, uh, was filmed at Griffith Observatory and I wanted you to see it. I wanted you to live it, man. So did you go? Yes, I did. I took some great pictures. You took some incredible pictures. I am deeply jealous of the pictures you took. Uh, I, Griffith is a tremendously pretty building and I, I would argue there's almost no bad angle of it, but seeing it at night with your fancy night mode camera or phone really, uh, so good. So good. We'll put a link in the show notes to your uh, Instagram mm-hmm. post. Yeah, I was very happy with the pictures. That It was nice to actually um, to get there at night because like, well, the problem with at night is you can't really see anything like that. You know, the, the, the views aren't as sure. good because it was also really misty that night. Mm-hmm. You can't see the Hollywood sign because turns oh, out, no, didn't know this, turns out uh, the Hollywood sign is not illuminated, which seems like a missed opportunity to me. I could swear it was. I, I'm sure I'm just thinking of like movies or whatever. Everyone that we were talking to, including our friends who took us there, was sure that it would be. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it was like, 
oh, it isn't right. So, uh, but it was it was really good. Um, you know, I, I we'd already seen it. We'd sort of, like we'd seen it from a car, the Hollywood sign. That mm-hmm. was enough. Mm-hmm. It just just knowing that it's there was fine. Uh, but Griffiths was, was really, really beautiful. And immediately when I got there, I took a picture and sent it to you. And I know you did, and I was very, very genuinely happy about it. But there was something I was more excited about oh. about that trip, mm-hmm. which was driving up to the observatory. You go through a tunnel, which is the tunnel from the uh, chase scene in Back to the Future. Really? In Back to the Future 2, when yeah. he's on the hoverboard, yeah. and he goes over. That, that tunnel is the tunnel they used in the movie. Huh. I immediately recognized it and the surrounding roads, and then Googled it and found out that I was correct in my observation. Well, you are welcome, Mike Hurley. You are welcome. It's literally not. I just want to let you know as well that like we didn't go because you you suggested it. Uh, I was I was I know, but I was so happy to have gone because I know I know how. As soon as we got there, I was pleased that we'd been there because we just have friends who were taking us around that day, and I was so happy that we were there because I got to send that picture to you, and I because it made me happy knowing how happy it would make you that Aww. I was there. So no, I was I was very happy. Uh, Griffith, you know, it's one of those things that on paper, like okay, it's a pretty building on a mountain, whatever. But I don't know. I went, the one time I went, which was years and years ago, I loved it. And I thought the inside was great. I thought running around the outside was great. I, I just really thought it was great. Uh, but it seems like you spent a lot of time in your hotel. And I'm not mm-hmm. snarking. It, it, it seems understandable because I saw a lot of Instagram activity during this trip. And I was jealous of pretty much all of it. So our trip was broken up into three distinct sections. Mm-hmm. There was a long weekend in Beverly Hills. Then like four or five days in uh, one part of Orange County, and then a day and a bit with uh, Disneyland and spending time with the Sparks family. Mm-hmm. Like so, this was a trip which uh, had some work component, but it was also a vacation component as well. So it was like bookended with vacation, but work in the middle. Kind of, yeah, kind of. But one of the main reasons that I went was because I have for many, many, many years now been wanting to stay at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Why? I'd seen it on a Casey Neistat vlog. Mm. I don't, I, I've mm. been trying to find which vlog it was, but it's super difficult to do. But I had seen it and was like, I desperately want to stay at that hotel. I just love the look of it all. Right? It's, this, it's known as the Pink Palace. Uh, you're probably familiar with a lot of the aesthetic of it anyway, because it's very popular. It's been in many films. It's very iconic. It's all green and pink. There's lots of... Um, like the 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 kind of the print that they have on the hotel walls, like the wallpaper, is pink with like these green leaves. Like it's it's a very iconic look and design. Has been featured in many movies, many photo shoots. Like it's a it's a cool place. Like and and I've been wanting to stay there for a long time, yeah, like literal years, maybe like four or five years. So this gave us an excuse to spend a couple of days there, and it was amazing. Case we had a fireplace in our hotel room. It was one of the most <laughs> incredible things. That's very, very cool. Now, this hotel, I mean, I'm familiar with it. I don't think I've ever seen it much. I've certainly not stayed in it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, a, a landmark. Even as someone who doesn't know anything about LA, I can tell you it's a landmark. And I'd never really seen any of the insides of it or the immediately surrounding area. And it looks like you two, you and Adina, just had a tremendous, tremendous time there. And it looked like... Oh, we like... grabbed it up to the maximum. <laughs> like, what a... But that is like a thing that two of us really enjoy. Like... We like taking pictures and editing them and like 
posting them and looking at each other's photos and like mm. crit- critiquing them and stuff like mm. it's a thing that we enjoy doing as a couple mm. and this was just like a really good place for that but it was also just like a very nice time for us to be able to spend together just the two of us and we were away from everything and it was just like a, it was like a just a really good uh long weekend that we got to spend just the two of us like it was it, i valued that weekend very very highly it was long, it was really wonderful yeah, that that looks like it was really awesome. So you would recommend the Beverly Hills Hotel? I would. Uh, it is very expensive, but if you prepare for it and save for it like we did, then I thoroughly recommend it as like a treat for yourself. Uh, I can't imagine staying there for more than a weekend, but like if you <laughs> can swing it for longer, then you do you. Now, you have something in the show notes that uh, definitely tickles my fancy, no sarcasm intended. Uh, mm. One of Aaron and Mai's favorite pastimes, which probably makes us sound like terrible humans, but but I like to think we're not. One of our favorite pastimes is people watching and just yep. watching people and Trying seeing to work what out they people's do. stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Beverly Hills Hotel is incredible for this, Casey, especially the pool area, which, by yeah. the way, sitting by a pool in my bathing suit in January. <laughs> I'll tell you, Casey, I'm very tempted by Orange County. Like, Southern California is incredibly tempting to me as a place. You know, and again, like, I, I don't know if I can properly describe it, but I get that same temptation from Orange County, or the greater L.A. area. I get it far more from there than I do from Northern California. And apologies to those of you from Northern California. I, I It's a very lovely area of the country. But I don't know. Something about Northern California just never has really clicked properly for me. Whereas L.A., for reasons that I've said... Just, like, an aesthetic, an attitude, like, it really works Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. So I really liked it. But being in that hotel and sitting by the pool and seeing all these people doing things and, like, just trying to work out who they are and what their deal is, right? Like, is, is very fascinating because you imagine it's, like, an L.A. elites type place. Like, we was we went for breakfast... And it was quite early in the morning and uh, there was like a, a, there was a lady sitting on her own behind us and this young guy comes in and he sits down and they start talking. And like, I don't know why I'm whispering to you like she can hear me, but maybe <laughs> when I finish the story, you realize that maybe she can hear me. And basically the gist of the conversation that you, we could not help but overhear because they were having it very loudly behind us was like, this guy wanted to run for office, like local office and was basically asking for this woman to secure it for him. What? Like, basically get him the a winning election? She seemed very powerful. Like, that oh. her family business was very powerful in LA. And she kind of seemed to, if not run the business, like, run the business, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of just like, yeah, I can make him do that, or I can make him do that. But as long have you spoken to this person? Because you have to speak to them. But, like, I can get, I can take care of this and this and this. And it was like... Oh my God. It was crazy, Casey. <laughs> that is amazing. See, that's the sort of thing that I would eat up. I yep, love it. And that's, that's that is what this hotel is all about, my friend. Oh, so. See, I'm, I'm going to have to go sometime. Let me tell you right now, Casey, mm-hmm. you will not stomach the cost of this place. Fair. I know you well enough to know, like, like I know y- you could afford it, right? But mm-hmm. I know that you would not want to, even for a day. <laughs> this was one of those places where every meal for two of us was over a hundred dollars, no matter oh, what it was. Like breakfast God. was over a hundred dollars, oh, no. right? And I just know that there is no oh. part of you that's ever going to be able to handle that. So 
yeah. maybe just like uh, like the food is great the service is amazing like you know as a thing to do if you are able to stomach that type of thing it was wonderful but sure. i don't think you would be able to handle it i just don't think you would be able to take that that's fair i mean there have been times that aaron and i have spent obscene amounts of money for things that really didn't deserve disney. that kind of money disney is an example of flying to your wedding is an example uh hey. but it's very no not, not because of your wedding it's just that we flew fancy <laughs> a big jerk flying to your wedding god Jeez. what a waste it's terrible we had to go to one of my favorite cities in the world and spend time with some of our favorite people oh Ugh. Worst. Anyways, um, but no, there are times that we'll spend money, but yes, if I looked at that breakfast bill and saw over $100, I would be choking on the breakfast I had just mm-hmm. eaten. <laughs> so I take your point. Uh, you have another entry in the show, or I think I actually put this in the show notes. Uh, yep. You went to Rodeo Drive, which is, if you're not familiar with LA, it's like there, I guess you would call it a high street. Is that correct? Um, I would not call Rodeo Drive a high street. I don't oh, okay. know what I would call it. All right, well, basically, it's a whole bunch of exceedingly expensive stores and shopping and so so on. And one of my favorite reasons to visit, I've only been like once or twice, but one of my favorite reasons to go is because the people watching is usually very good. Like, you can legitimately legitimately see legitimate celebrities there, but, oh, the automobile watching is the best at Rodeo. Yeah, I saw some of that. I saw Um, some of that. But you went at perhaps not the busiest time, from what I gathered. 9.30 9.30 in the morning on a Saturday. <laughs> we were going... We, were, we weren't going to go to Rodeo Drive. Sure. We were going to walk past to get coffee. Like there, There's like a selection of really good coffee shops just past Rodeo Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was great for us is like it's like a 30-minute walk from Beverly Hills to say like the Blue Bottle Coffee or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we got to walk down the residential areas. Oh, nice. Okay. And like look into these big, huge homes, right? Mm-hmm. These like bombastic and gaudy homes very american right? yeah or like very attempts at being greek or italian sure, you know sure, sure, like sure. failing yeah, miserably yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it was really interesting to me and like i you know i kind of like looking down and 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 i know that there's like a lot of question marks around this thought but it was just like you know all these people are like so potentially so successful in the entertainment industry like i find it kind of inspiring in a way mm. um i know that it's not as simple as that but i was idealizing in my brain you know just like oh look at all these people they've like they all live here and they've all done so well and it just was like an interesting thing to see like i don't know it was i liked it but yeah so rodeo drive at 9 30 in the morning perhaps not as busy and fancy as i liked how quiet it was honestly (laughs) Uh, it was also kind of funny because there's this one street i don't remember the name but like it's like a walking street and it goes up right this like goes up this little hill Mm -hmm. Uh, and i remembered it because it's where you do a bank robbery in grand theft auto Um, (laughs) it was actually really fun for me to be in that area and like driving around and recognizing all the things that i recognize from gta 5 including their version of Griffith observatory um it was super fun uh because they do a really good job of replicating certain parts of la in that game and it was just really funny to walk past things and be like i recognize this not because i've ever been there or seen it in any imagery but just because i know i've driven on this street in grand theft auto that's wild that was funny finally we uh we should go and and take a break in a moment but before we do there was something that happened over your la trip that you did not pre-approve with me and because it was I a surprise am, i am overjoyed that you got to experience this disaster that is one of my favorite things in the world you went michael who born and raised outside london or in the greater london area you went 
to medieval times. <laughs> medieval times. Can you explain what medieval times is, please? Sure. So there are only like, I don't know, five or 10 of them in the entire United States. And it's a dinner show. So what happens is you sit in like, it's a, like a very, very small sports stadium. And in the center of the stadium where the, the sporting happens, if you will, they do things that ostensibly they used to do in, in the medieval times in real life. So for example, there's a joust or several jousts and there's like, fake sword fights where, you know, different knights will try to fight each other and the whole shtick and to get you really excited about it, they divide the stadium, or at least this is the way it was five, 10 years ago when I last went, they divide the stadium into like sections. And so this section of the stadium, you're for the white knight and you hate the green knight. And because at least for Americans anyway, when we're told that we hate the green knight and we are the white knight, then I freaking hate that green knight, man. I hate that guy. Yeah, we we, we, all we got into it. We got into yeah. it. And so they divide the stadium up. You have your knight and the knight competes for the favor of like the king and queen or the princess or something along those lines. And it's like, it's very campy and very ridiculous. And you get like very um, basic food. But my recollection was it was very tasty. Um, and it's 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 like everything that's wrong with America, but cranked so far to, to past 11 to like 15 so that I find it to be absolutely delightful. But I am very curious to hear you, who at times can be understandably very prideful of your home country. How did you like medieval times, Mike? Uh, I mean, it was, yeah, it wasn't anything about my home country, really. Like Fair, that's fair. It's medieval and it's fake and like none of that. Most of that stuff didn't really exist in the way that it's sure. like portrayed a bunch of times. But mm-hmm. um, I had a great time. The food was absolutely terrible. Like, was it? it was oh, so, that's too case, bad. It was so bad. It was oh. so bad. But that kind of added to the aesthetic of it all, really, <laughs> in a way, to me. Like, it was fun. We had a great time. Uh, it, was, it was just... It was very fun and unexpected. Like, because there are parts where there are, like, hand-to-hand combat... And like they're using like it, we thought they were just like fake swords or whatever, but they're real metal because they'd hit them together and sparks would come out of them and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very aggressive and surprising. We had a good time. <laughs> it was like exhilarating. I liked it. I didn't feel great about the horses though. Um, I, I I don't know what the rules are, but like it felt a little exploitative of the horses. Yeah. Uh, it made me feel a little uncomfortable. But when it was like the humans doing things i felt way better about it <laughs> because it's like they come choose you know yeah that's fair but, uh, now you said it was a surprise did you went with some friends i mean you don't have to be any more specific than you'd like but you you weren't planning on this being a, a stop on your la adventure no we we were spending a few days with like in various friend groups and we were visiting uh, as friends of mine austin evans is a youtuber oh yeah a tech mm-hmm. youtuber mm-hmm. Uh, i was actually in one of his videos which was a lot of fun so i, yeah. I spent a couple of days and it was at his studio um and was working kind of just there right and just seeing kind of like what it's all about to be a tech youtuber at that scale mm-hmm. it is absolutely nothing like what we do uh, that's not surprising. That. there's like six people working on it it's like they got sets it's like like a whole thing mm-hmm. it's very different like very different way more complicated but i enjoyed being in that environment a lot it was fun it was very different like quite creatively invigorating yeah. and uh he put me in one of his videos and i also produced a couple of them as well oh, so nice. i didn't like, know that i was just like behind the kind of behind the camera like in the control area helping them work on some stuff it was like that was really fun i enjoyed doing that like an awful lot Mm -hmm. but yeah so uh austin and his wife took us to uh his wife karen took us to beverly to not beverly hills they took us to uh medieval times it was great that's incredible Uh, we had had a great time with that 
It is it is it, it, medieval times again wrong in every way, and I love it because it's wrong in every way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I knew that you were in one of his videos. I have to confess, I have not watched it yet, but it is open and waiting for me to watch. I just haven't had the chance. Uh, but you know what? I do have the chance for Mike. Mm. What is it? Tell me. Hello. Oh, thank you. Hi. Hi, hi there. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Hello. <laughs> Hello make insanely comfortable buckwheat pillows. I don't know if you've ever tried a buckwheat pillow. I don't know if you've even heard of what that would be before, but let me tr- let me tell you right now, buckwheat pillows, they're the way of the future, my friend. They're super different <laughs> to regular fluffy pillows. They support your head and neck. They don't collapse under the weight of you. They're like they stay like strong, but to a sense when you put your head down, it molds to you a little bit, but then keeps you supported. And this is because it's made of what's called buckwheat holes. I think of it, it's easier to explain. It was kind of feeling a little bit beanbaggy. Um, they're like tiny little beans, effectively, inside of the pillow. But this provides you with a bunch of different pros, right? As well as being very supportive. It also keeps you nice and cool because it doesn't get like hot because air can constantly throw, flow through the pillow. So you don't have to do that thing where you're flipping the pillow over to get to the cool side because mm-hmm. it's become warm and humid. It just, hollow pillows do not do that. And because of the type of filling, you can just add and remove exactly to your requirement, which I also really like, um, because you could just unzip the bag, like the casing that's inside of your pillowcase or whatever, and just take or add the, the filling, which I really like because you can be exactly as you want to be. I've been sleeping on a hollow pillow for nearly two years. And when I do go away, like, again, like, I stay in, like, this beautiful hotel at the Beverly Hills, right? Super comfortable. Everything's wet. Great. But I miss my hollow pillow greatly. Uh, So I'm always very happy to return home to get to my hollow pillow. I have two of them now. I only use one, but we have two at home. Uh, Hollow is made in the USA with quality construction and materials. They have a certified organic cotton case. It's cotton sewn for durability. The buckwheat is grown and milled in the United States. You can try one of these out for yourself right now. You can sleep on it for 60 nights, and if it isn't right for you, you can just send it back, and Hollow will give you a full refund. Go to hollowpillow.com slash analog, and you can get your own buckwheat pillow. That's H-U-L-L-O-P-I-L-L-O-W.com slash analog. If you buy more than one, they have a special discount of up to $20 off, depending on which size you opt for. They have fast, free shipping of every order, and 1% of all profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. Give it a try. If you love it, you keep it. If you don't, you just send it back. Go to hollowpillow.com slash analog right now. Our thanks to Hollow for their support of this show and Relay FM. I love Disney and Disney World. It, Disney World is one of my favorite places in the, in the entire world. And for those who have not been to Disney World, uh, it, it can seem wrong. And I think we probably had this conversation a few weeks ago, and so I won't rehash it all, but it can seem wrong in every way. It's busy, it's crowded, it's expensive, it's hot, etc. cetera. Uh, Disneyland is Disney World, but smaller and different and I do quite like Disneyland. I haven't been in years. I've heard that Disneyland is better than Disney World because everything is more compact. You can walk across the entire park and they only keep the good stuff. That's what I've heard, Casey. I'm trying to take the high Casey, road, Casey, that's Michael. what I heard. Mm-hmm. That's what to, I heard. So trying to take the high road here. Trying so to take I, the high I road. feel like I bet I chose the best one. One way or another, I am curious to hear. I am so triggered. I am so triggered, but I'm trying to avoid it. Uh, I am trying to avoid it. Uh, you you went to a Disney property. Uh, now, I am not snarking. I am genuinely asking. Had you ever been to like Disneyland Paris or anything like that? Or have you, yeah. is this your first experience, bar none? I went to Disneyland Paris when I was too young to really remember it. Okay, fair enough. So this was effectively your first time. Yeah. Okay. And what about Ferdina? Never. 
any okay. of it. Okay. Nor was she even interested. I have been trying to convince Adina to go to a Disney property f- for about our entire relationship, and she's <laughs> never wanted to do it and has resisted. All right. Well, let's just cut right to the chase. Do, does she regret that resistance now? Oh, man, we're already planning, like, when are we going to go to Paris? When are we going to go to Florida? Like, we're in now. Okay, well, we're going with you to Florida. Let me just put that on the record right now. I have already said that this is probably something that we will ask of you at some point. Because I said, as we ended up talking about it, like, one, I would want to do that trip with you. But two, I know that as soon as we petitioned the idea that we would even ever go, that you would want to go. So we're completely prepared for going to Disney World with you. (laughs) I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Would want to go is not an accurate description. I would basically demand your itinerary up front so we could appropriately overlap our trips. It's just like one of those things where it's like, I couldn't do it without telling you because it would be such an affront to you, which I would understand. It would. It's like, I know as soon as I told you, you would want to come to feel like you were telling me what i needed to do exactly but i'm right. just gonna say we had probably the best guides possible for disneyland well so here's the problem ladies and gentlemen i know that you were you were guided around by two of my favorite people and i know that no matter how good a time i ever showed you at disney world and no matter how much disney world may or may not be better than disneyland I cannot fathom an experience that probably that that could go better than this one probably went. So why don't you fill the listeners in and tell us how how did this day go? So we we did one day at Disneyland and we were being escorted around by the Sparks family, uh, predominantly and primarily David and Daisy. Uh, we did the whole day with them. There was something that we didn't pay attention to when we initially chose the day that we were going. This was the day that the very brand new Star Wars ride, The Rise of the Resistance, opened at Disneyland. Oh, it must have been busy. There were, there were pros and cons to this method. What ended up happening is we spent 15 hours at Disneyland. Oh, that's aggressive. I'm proud of you all. I know. But that is we aggressive. We did it big. We, we got there at like 7 that is very aggressive. We were told be there at park opening time because the way that they were doing the new ride is you had to be in the park. You open the Disney app at eight in the morning, or it's like eight or eight thirty. I think it's eight thirty because it was half an hour before the park opened. I think that was the timing at eight thirty, and you, well, before then you have to put all of your tickets into the app, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then. Everyone at that time be physically in the park with your tickets, all entered in, and then you had to enter quickly into like this system to get a boarding group for the ride, mm-hmm. right? Because they knew how busy it was going to be. The new ride is incredibly complex. Did you ride it? No. Rise so, of the Resistance? Uh, I believe it opened like a month after we were there or something like that, okay. so we did not get the chance. All right. I'll come back to it later on. Okay. Um, and you basically had to like press the button, right? And it was actually really fun because you could hear all these cheers <laughs> around you as sure. people were getting their groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got our group, but it was like group 114. Oof. And they were only guaranteeing up to 82, like <gasps> group boarding group 82. Oh, no. It ended up that we were the very last no, we were the penultimate group of the day. Oh, that's like, so lucky. We rode the ride at like 11 p.m. Oh, that's so lucky. We were very lucky. But that was the reason we got there early because David had already ridden it and was like, I desperately want you to ride this ride. 
Mm. So we need to get there first thing. But like, this is the thing, like we wanted to be there when the park opened because we had one day. Yeah. Right. And we wanted to do literally as much as we possibly could in one day. And as much as I love to snark about Disney, Disneyland, almost a Disney world. Uh, it, it is a lot. Like it really is a lot. It we is a lot do the less whole park. the world. Like, but it's we a just lot. walked in to California Adventure. We went on one ride and left. Like we didn't do any of California Adventure. Mm-hmm. And there was still stuff in the main park that we didn't do. Like, I could see someone very easily doing three days at just Disneyland. Easy, mm -hmm. right? And you still probably wouldn't do it all, right? Because, like, we didn't go to, like, any shows, didn't do any parades. Um, we only went to, like, a couple of places to eat, right? Because we were only there for one day. But there was so much stuff that I wanted to see but didn't get to see. Like, I didn't see any of the Pixar stuff, none of the Cars stuff. Mm. Like, things that I would have wanted to do, but we prioritized, because what we told David and Dave is we want to ride as many rides as possible. We want to ride all the best ones. Yeah. Like, that's why we were there. That's what I wanted. Um, and I knew that if I wanted to try and get Adina on board with going to Disney more, I know she likes rides. I needed to show her how good the rides were going to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she would be in. We rode 11 rides. That's pretty impressive. And a yep. long day. We only one fast pass. Oh, that's a very long day then. Holy we smokes. No, no, we, we weren't waiting for longer than 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Any you ride. killed it then. Yeah. Again, absolute professionals. But this mm -hmm. was the one, one of the benefits of that day is like everyone in the park, even though it was a busy day, people were like focusing their time around Galaxy's Edge. Sure. And also, nobody was coming to the park that day because right. they figured it was going to be super busy because it, it's apparently Friday night in Disneyland is like because it was a Friday is like rammed because people get off work and they just go to Disney because uh, yeah, yeah. mm -hmm. apparently, like, apparently like millions of Californians have the pass mm -hmm. which is apparently not like Florida this is what David and Daisy were telling me that like it seems to be that people who live near Disneyland go to Disneyland more than people who live near Disney World go to Disney World I, don't, I can't speak for whether or not that's factual, but if they said it, it probably is. And I can understand that to some degree, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, Because it feels like Disneyland is more a part of sure. that part of California mm -hmm. than Dis mm -hmm. like Disney World is like its own thing yep, I would agree in, with that. That, in Orlando. Mm -hmm. that, was in, that was what they were talking about, and I guess I could understand that. No, th I but think apparently it was like super quiet on Friday night because people were just avoiding the park because hmm. they figured it was going to be wild, right? Right. So we, we were able to get on a lot of rides about waiting. Um, I have all 11 rides, and I can tell you what I think of all of them. Yes, please. I, we should do a brief tour, but I would genuinely love a very brief tour of all of them. So we uh, started on Space Mountain. Uh, it's classic. Just felt like, I just felt like a good start, right? Again, mm -hmm. one of the classic rides. Uh, I roller coaster in the dark is like a fun thing to do, right? Yep, yep, like yep. It's, it was pretty wild, and it was surprising in and of itself. We did Star Tours, which was uh, really mm -hmm. good, mm -hmm. because right now it is... They have like a new Star Tours because mm -hmm. uh, it's a one of those motion simulator rides. Yep, and it's all and it's all about uh, Rise of Skywalker, and it's very good. And as someone who like didn't really like that movie that much, uh, it made me feel really emotional. They did a really good job of it. I actually was more emotional in Star Tours than I was at any point during Rise of Skywalker. Um, <laughs> we did the Matterhorn. Oh, uh, that's a classic. That's not at Disney World. That's a very good one. Uh, which is like a, a roller coaster in bobsleds on a mountain. Yeah. It's which very has peculiar. some like, mm -hmm. it has like an abominable snowman side, which I didn't like. I don't like being scared. Yeah. Um, okay. And it was kind of scary because I was mm -hmm. right at the front. Uh, but anyway, we did the Haunted Mansion, which mm -hmm. we were very lucky. Classic. It was Nightmare Before Christmas themed. Oh, nice. 
yet taken all of that down. Apparently, it's only like going to be like one or two more days, and they were doing the switch out because yeah, apparently yeah. they they Chris they holiday theme uh, it's a small world and haunted mansion, mm-hmm. and they don't like to have them both closed at the same time. So they just finished removing the Christmas stuff from it's a small world. Uh, so gotcha. now they could close down haunted mm-hmm. mansion, but they hadn't yet, and that was great. Like that was really fun. Yeah, that's classic, classic, classic Disney. You skipped one yep. in this list, though. Oh, Jungle Cruise. Now, now we should state that you were on the Jungle Cruise with a former Jungle Cruise skipper. Yep, which was David. But the, there was a there's a lady who was uh, the Jungle Cruise captain, and she was absolutely hilarious. Like she had the driest humor. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Do you know there's a Jungle Cruise movie coming out soon with The Rock? Uh, I thought it might already be out. I, I know that it was a thing. I did know that. Yeah. I think it's either out now or it's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we did Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, I will concede Pirates is better at land. It's longer. Uh, and it's been, it's certainly at World, it's been themed with like movie stuff and like Jack Sparrow and whatnot. I can't speak Jack to Jack Sparrow was in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked this one. It was not my favorite. I it's, liked it. It's again, it's classic. I mean, the the modern, you know, face um, facelift notwithstanding, it's a classic ride. Yeah. Uh, Smuggler's Run. Mm-hmm. which is the uh, Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. So this is our first entrance to Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And I was the captain. We had six people. So <gasps> oh, we got well the done. whole thing, uh-huh. right? So, because it's a ride which six people do it like at a time. And if you're not a group of six, they'll just put you with people. Yep. And everybody has a role in this ride. It's very mm-hmm. different. Um, and as... I was going with people who'd done this ride many times. So we were at the whole, with the whole Sparks clan at this point, me and Adina. They put us at the front oh, and they told me to drive because... Mm. All right. If you want to go to Galaxy's Edge and you want to experience these rides, uh, I recommend that you skip right now for 30 seconds or whatever because I'm about to say a little thing. Uh, and I, I will give you another warning later on for Rise of the Resistance. Well, you know what? I, I, we'll put in little mini chapters around the spoilers. Right. How about that? So either skip 30 seconds or you can go to the next chapter. But so from now, I will say it. I got to do the jump to warp speed. Yep. Like hyperspeed. Hyperdrive? Yep, yep. Hyperspace. 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 Mm-hmm. So I, did, I just crossed Star Trek and Star Wars. You did. It's I? okay. It's okay. That's fine. I was too excited thinking about it. It was brilliant. Oh, my God. Getting to do that, like pulling like pushing the lever mm-hmm. forward to oh my god casey it was so good i was screaming we we're all screaming i was a gunner in the time i did it because i went by myself and mm-hmm. i just got lumped mm-hmm. in with the family and they were very nice don't get me wrong mm-hmm. and just by circumstance i was the right gunner and so i had to like do some stuff by hitting like a button but i was right behind the person who was doing the jump to hyperspace and i'm i'm a star wars fan but i'm not like a super fan or anything and even i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> it was so good Oh, so good. I absolutely love this. And my main recommendation for this ride is if you have the opportunity to wait until you can ride it with five of your friends, you should do that. Mm -hmm. Because being together and knowing everyone and being in like, quote unquote, a safe space, we're all able to scream and like (laughs) laugh and shout. And like, it was like way more fun that way. Yeah, We got to really like just express our emotions. Yeah. and I had lots of emotions to express during that <laughs> ride. Oh my God, Casey, it was so, so incredible. But like, even just like being on the Falcon, like you're, you're like in the, like where the, the, the chessboard is sure. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And 
it's a shame because they really rush you through that agreed, part. Agreed. Um, and I wish you could have more time uh, in that area. I get why, because there's like so many things going on and they have to really try and move people through. But, you know, it's a shame. But I loved it. Oh, man. I absolutely adored it. I uh, doing doing like pulling that, pushing that lever. And oh, my God, it was so good. But just controlling the falcon like i was i was flying the millennium falcon right like i was doing that and there is definitely some of the ride where it's doing some of it for you but there are moments where like i know i am in control Mm -hmm. and it was just absolutely fantastic no it's incredible and even as a gunner I i was amazed by it and plus you got to do this experience with David Sparks, who's one of the biggest Star Star Wars and Disney fans I've ever met. So the combination, mm-hmm. like this is this is his mecca, I would assume. So it must have been incredible to do it with his entire family. It was absolutely nothing on Rise of the Resistance, though. Real? Oh, oh. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there in a minute. But All right. carry on with what you ride after Smuggler's Run. We ran over to California's adventure and did Soren around the world, which is like a, a mm. super weird like yeah. thing. It's just like a diff, very different. That like, was like we want. David was like, I want to take him on a ride that is incredibly different, mm-hmm. and this one is different. You just feel like you're hang gliding around the planet. Yeah. Now this is actually very funny. So Soren across California or over California, whatever the original version, which is not, which is no more. It was the same ride system, different video, right? Mm-hmm. And that one was Aaron's favorite ride, bar none in all of Disney world. Absolute favorite was the original Soren. And then like somewhere between three and five years ago, I think they switched it up to be this new Soren around the world. And we did it. I mean, we, we went separately. So Aaron and Declan went and I, uh, you know, was with Michaela and then I went by myself and Aaron kept the two kids and Declan did not want to go a second time. He was way too scared from it. And what I came away with, and I think Aaron too, is that this one was fine, but there were like a lot of jump scares and a lot of like, ah, you know, and it, it just, it didn't have the like innocent magic that the Californian one did. And as someone who loves to snark about all things California, that is that you should hopefully understand the seriousness of what I'm saying, because I much preferred the old California one. And I know, Mike, that's hard for you because you don't have anything to compare to. But mm-hmm. I think the ride system is phenomenal and super, super cool. But the Californian one, I thought was much more like gentle and easy and i liked that a lot more than around the world that's too i liked that they were put in different smells depending on where you were yes and they did that before as well Mm -hmm. yeah thunder mountain railroad uh very classic Mm -hmm. very classic you know so you're in the train you're going around the mountain um indiana jones which one was this one what do you mean like was this the show or is this a ride this is a ride oh i don't know if i've ever done this okay tell me about this absolutely fantastic so what's the shtick you're in a Jeep mm-hmm. and you're driving around inside of a canyon, like a like a cave, mm-hmm. and you're trying to, you know, you're effectively going in to collect treasure, but then you look into the eye of this statue and then everything starts to go horrifically wrong. Oh, that sounds fun. They do like the whole boulder thing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's absolutely fantastic. So the way that David described this ride to me is like, this was the last ride before they started adding in the video stuff. Ah, okay, okay. So it's like the last ride at Disney, which is roller coaster Mm -hmm. in its primary thing, right? Before they were also adding in video trickery. Mm -hmm. This was easily Adina's favorite ride of the day. Because it because she was just losing it, right? Like, because it is absolutely fantastic. Oh my god, it's the best roller coaster I've ever been on. Like, 
because you know it's got more roller coastery things. You're not doing loops, but there's lots sure. of like you're falling down and like you're going all over the place and there are all these things like kind of like jumping out of you and when the boulder starts rolling towards you like it rolls towards you and you fall down like it's Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing oh that's awesome like i could have done this one like three times in a row it was brilliant oh that's great that's super cool i'll have to try that sometime um so i'll talk about galaxy's edge a little bit Mm -hmm. uh that is just an incredible place like absolutely unbelievable could spend an entire day there oh easily just walking around and like and we did it all right we went to the cantina i got oh, blue milk I'm so jealous they would not serve me alcohol because they didn't have my passport they would not accept my driving license huh that's too bad i'm sorry to hear that but yeah it's whatever i wanted the blue milk anyway okay fair enough now i i don't want to steal your thunder i will just say very briefly that i did go to galaxy's edge uh, once with the family during the day once by myself at night and both of them were just incredible. And again, not the world's biggest Star Wars fan. I like Star Wars, but not the biggest fan. And I looked around at this and my my chin was on the ground the entire time. It's incredible. It's like so immersive. One of the things that I really love about it, a little detail, you cannot buy any merchandise in Galaxy's Edge that says Star Wars on it. Ah, interesting. Okay. Because in that world, you would not be buying Star Wars merchandise. Right, 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 right. You you can get merchandise of characters, but they're people that exist there. They're the like legends of the world, right? Mm-hmm. But it's that's like a really cool little detail that I enjoyed. Um, boy, is there a lot of merch to buy, but it's amazing. <laughs> and you bought some merch. Well, I'll get to that. Nothing is like super labeled there as well. Like it's very immersive. It really does feel like it. Like and also the characters like running around. Uh, which is different to a lot of Disney. Like it feels like the, the, that the characters are very like chaperoned. Yeah. In mm-hmm. Galaxy's Edge, they're just walking. Like Ray is just like running around. Like it was amazing. Well, and the the stormtroopers are walking around, and the thing that struck me, especially when I was so in tune to what the characters were doing this trip, because I was with small children, and you know, no, none of the Mickey's and the Minnie's or any or the Pluto's or the Goofies, none of them talk because you know your average college kid or whoever's in those suits won't be able to do the voice, right? And they just have to emote with their hands, like a mime. And then you see these stormtroopers walking around, and not only do they look like the real thing, because, I mean, I guess they effectively are, but they are talking, and they sound like the real thing. Like, it sounds Yeah, perfect. I don't know how they're doing that. Like, if it's voice changing or they're playing from sound... I don't know how that's being done, but yeah. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I built a lightsaber. How amazing was that? It was one of the most incredible things I've ever done as an adult. It was, <laughs> I've awesome. seen other people say this and it's completely true. It's akin, it akin to a religious experience, like, because they make it like that. Oh, that's so amazing. It is, Casey, it is so good. Like, you choose the pieces that you want to build from. There are, like, these different sets. Mm-hmm. And you go into this area and, like, they say that, like, oh, you're, you're, you're just uh, looking for scrap metal. And if anyone comes, you have to tell them. And at one point, we're standing outside, like, you have to kind of wait for a bit in, like, a holding area, which is outside before they take you in. And, like, Kylo Ren comes up and he asks, like, some kid, what are you doing here? And the kid's like, oh, I'm just looking for scrap metal. And he's like, oh, okay. And looks like it's, like, really good. And then, again, all right, so another spoiler. Like, if you don't want to hear about this, then and, – and so here's my thing. If you feel like you're never going to do this, then listen. If you feel like you ever might go to a Disney park and build a lightsaber, do not listen to what I'm about to say. So, you go in and they're like they're they're giving you the whole thing about like why you're here and they're talking about the kyber crystals, which are the crystals that go inside of the lightsabers, right? Gives them the color. Mm-hmm. 
And as the woman is talking, the colors in the room are slightly changing and the music's changing. Oh my and God. She's like, as every time, like at one moment, she like references Luke Skywalker and Luke's theme starts playing. Like, oh my God. I'm like choking up, right? Mm-hmm. It's like getting me. And they're going through all the pieces. And then you, you have like this set of pieces that you can choose from, right? So like I, the, the, the lightsaber hilt that I built, I designed it myself, right? Like, it wasn't that like here are the four pieces you use. Mm, no, it's like mm-hmm. you get options and you mm-hmm. can do it however you want. And so you get like the main body of it, right? Which is where the crystal goes in and you choose the crystal. You choose from four. You can be blue, red, purple, green. Mm-hmm. I chose purple because it's the best color. <laughs> it's Mace Windu's lightsaber. Samuel L. Jackson's lightsaber. Best lightsaber. My, like, I don't think there was a better color. It's the best one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you put the crystal into the hilt, it immediately picks up the color. Oh, that's super cool. And you can buy additional ones and you put them into the same hilt and mm-hmm. it will change the color of your lightsaber. I also blew, bought a blue one. Like a, oh. like a little crystal. It's very clever the way they're doing all that's this. That's super, super cool. So you're building it, you put it all together. And the best moment, Adina put it on her Instagram stories. I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to spoil it for anyone, but like she just put it there. It's like, cool, you go for it. She was filming me, taking pictures of me the whole time because she can have people coming with you. But when you're finished building it, they're like, all right, you need to stick it into this like charging area, like it's a containment unit, right? And you put it in, and then like this music starts playing. And then they're like, all right, hold it, turn on your lightsaber, and you turn it on. And they have this light effect over this like, canister that is put into and it comes on mm-hmm. and then it slides open and your lightsaber is just there oh, and you pick it cool. up and it is I tell you it makes you feel like you really did it it is I was like so close to just crying my eyes out like it is so incredible the way that they do those last few minutes it genuinely makes it feel like you've actually done this real thing and you have your own real lightsaber mm-hmm. it was amazing that's so cool and then one of the things that's like incredible disney i got it mailed home uh, they mailed it yep 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 mm-hmm. like you in, th- in theory you could get it in your suitcase but i wasn't sure and i saw people on the flight home uh who had them uh-huh. Like, cause carry on items, but I sure. didn't want to be carrying it on because I was worried I was going to break it. It's like this big, like, tube, right? Yeah. So, but like, they just FedExed it to me. It came, it was like there two days after we got home. That's awesome. It was amazing. Uh, so, that's the lightsaber building. Then, Rise of the Resistance. Casey, this ride is unlike anything else you've ever done. It is the most incredible thing ever. I am sad that I didn't get a chance to do it. I have heard from everyone that's come within a thousand miles of it that it is just unreal. I'm not going to tell you about this one. Okay. Because you are going to ride this ride. Oh, yeah, absolutely I am. You should not have this ride spoiled for you. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. I appreciate that. But it is like, every, it's, they did everything with it. And it is like the most impressive in animatronics, in video effects, just in the ride mechanic itself is fascinating. They do all these things that are just like, they're just flexing. <laughs> it's like I'll give you this one example of like sure. a flex that they do. No, yeah, you get yes, on please. this; it's built. It's like multiple parts. Like to actually go through, like the ride from you beginning what you would consider the ride to be and ending. It's like half an hour My because it's broken okay. up into these little segments, mm. and you kind of have these waiting times in between. I actually kind of like this as a mechanic. So like they're moving people through, but there's still something happening. Mm-hmm. 
like legitimately like you feel it's not just like oh this is a nice part of the waiting area even though the waiting line is the nicest looking one they're like sure you have these like mini experiences but like there's what's this one part where you go into a ship which takes you off the planet and then you leave the ship right mm-hmm. and you're in a, in a different place to where you began but the the big flex that they do is you get on and leave through the same door uh, there are mm-hmm. two doors on this ship the easy way for them to do this was just to have just you have through you walk it. through. Yep, 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 yep. And it's just like, no, we're so good. We're going to make you get on and leave through the same door. And it's like that. You're just flexing, Disney. <laughs> right? You've made this so much harder for yourself yep. because we have to do it this way. Um, and it's like, this is one of the reasons of this ride. Like, There are so many components of this ride. It feels prone to breaking down mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's not like the other rides where there's like one mechanism going on right there was like multiple different things that are happening and it seems so incredibly complicated it must be breaking all the time and i can any little part of it breaking will take down the entire experience you have to go through the whole thing so it is a complex ride but it is absolutely it is like even compared to smugglers run it feels like smugglers run was made like 15 years ago Goodness, and it's like six months older or something like that. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Like, they have this ride. I mean, I haven't been to many theme parks, right? Like, I haven't experienced what is the best on offer. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine there is anything else that is like this because they are doing so many things. It's like, it's like, can you think of a thing that can be done in in an attraction like this? They did it. Like, it is absolutely stupendous. I am genuinely excited to go. And more than anything, I really, really mean this. I am genuinely, genuinely, genuinely happy that you guys had such a great time, both of you. And and it sounds like both of you have been won over by the Disney experience. Definitely. And we are very happy with the fact like so Paris has been going down over the years. It's not been that great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't and it's part like it was owned by like a subsidiary. Mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Disney and it was also part owned by the French government it's like it's like a super weird story around Disneyland Paris but over the last couple of years Disney bought back the entire stake so they fully own it now ah, nice. and they are investing billions into it they're opening an Avengers world there they're opening a Star Wars world and a Frozen world oh nice and they're all smaller experiences but I think it's going to be the first Avengers land mm-hmm, anywhere because mm-hmm. this is next by the way they're doing Avengers next I realized recently, like, again, like you, I love Star Wars, but I am not like a fanatic. Avengers is my Star Wars. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've grown up. Like, I've spent like the last however many years watching all those movies. Like I, I am more invested in the, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe than I am the Star Wars sure. Cinematic Universe. Sure. Sure. Even though I love them both, I, I love Avengers more. So like, I'm yeah, super I, excited about that. I think that. I would probably say the same about me. I'm not to say that I'm as much a fan as you, but I think of these like cinematic worlds, I'm probably more invested in in the MCU than I am Star Wars. I think it's because really, like if you look at what if you look at just the movies, right? Because I only really consume the movies. The body of work of Avengers is stronger than the body of work for Star Wars. Oopsie Ooh, daisies. Whoopsies. All right. Well, we just got canceled. It's been a fun ride. Thanks for everybody. There, you know, like Arguably, no, I, agree. I agree. Like not like even people that absolutely love the series do not love all of the Star Wars movies, and I have no problems with any of any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. There are ones that are better than others, but even the worst are all like I would watch them all. But I never want to watch the prequels again. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent.
right? So it's like, you know, even people that absolutely love Star Wars have problems with the movies. And I don't think that that is prevalent in people that love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I would agree with you. All right, well, I am genuinely excited that you guys had such a great time. I am hopeful that you will get to report in from the field at Disneyland Paris at some po- sometime soon. We are really hoping to go to Disneyland Paris this year. Uh, I want I want to know everything about it. You can just FaceTime mm-hmm. me the entire time. The entire well, we time. We want to go while it's not that as good as it could be and then go as it gets better. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's very smart. Plan, right? <laughs> it's very smart, actually. Uh, no, you should definitely do that. And goodness, if you want to spend a week of your life running around a humongous version of Disneyland, boy, do I have the place for you. <laughs> it's Disney well, World. Well, we also oh. want to do, I want to do Harry Potter. So yeah. I want to, that's another reason to go to Orlando. Yeah. Like yeah. I want to do the real one. I want to do the, the, the proper Wizarding World. Mm-hmm. I, I would actually very much like to do that as well. I went to Universal Oh, probably literally 20 years ago. And I liked it, but at the time I didn't really ride roller coasters and Universal, at least at the time, it, its claim to fame was that it was more for thrill seekers because Disney, especially at that time, really didn't have roller coasters other than like Big Thunder Mountain and, and Space Mountain. Um, and so at the time I thought it was fine. I bet I would like it a lot more now. And I certainly would love to see The Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I've heard that is also just unreal. However, I am thinking to maybe wait until uh, Super Nintendo World opens at Universal Orlando. And then oh. do, do you even know this is happening? I knew that that was a thing. I didn't remember yeah. that it was Orlando. I knew it was happening somewhere on the planet. The first one is going to be in Osaka in Japan, oh, okay. uh, but mm-hmm. it's also coming to uh, Orlando. That'll be excellent. And that is going to be next level. If you're wor- if you're talking about doing like a proper um, Universal trip and a proper Disney trip, you're looking at like a week and a half to two weeks worth of time there. Yeah, I know. Okay. Just making sure. Do it big, baby. We did 15 hours. What do you want? Right? We don't. We only do these things at their maximums. Yes, indeed. No, no you, minimums. Maximums only. You've done well. Uh, you know what else does well these days, Mike? Who, Casey? Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform so you can have your next idea online. Make your next move with Squarespace. They're going to give you all of the tools that you need. You can customize and take advantage of award-winning templates. You can integrate online store functionality. You can even register a unique domain name or manage email campaigns. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to let you take care of whatever your needs are online. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade. They take care of all of that stuff so you do not have to. Their templates are fantastic. Not only do they look good and packed full of functionality they have different options that you can choose from which have a lot of pre-filled information in them so for example if you're getting married and you want a wedding website squarespace is perfect for this if you're a business and you want to set up a site and you're not sure what it needs to go on a business website what's great about the squarespace templates is they actually come with like a page structure already made you can choose whether you want to use that but it can also be really useful for you to remember oh i need this oh i need that and they have like real usable template like boilerplate text that you can change to your needs. It's really, really great for that sort of stuff. I love it. Very customizable, but also from a basic level, you can just take what they have and and let it go. It's going to look fantastic. But you can also really dig in and tinker to your heart's content. The best way to see this is to go and sign up for a trial. You go to squarespace.com slash analog. You can sign up for a trial today. No credit card needed. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Show you support for this show by using the offer code analog at checkout. At squarespace.com slash analog and then the code analog for 10% off your first purchase. I thanks to Squarespace for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Recommendations time. 
Yes, please. And I have something relevant. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, this is going to be this is going to be a little mean to Mike, and I'm sorry. Over the last couple of weeks, uh, Aaron and I have watched the Imagineering story uh, on Disney Plus. Uh, and if you're not familiar, uh, Disney Imagineering is what they call their like uh, R and D and like kind of a theme park, among other things, arm of the company. They do all a lot of their engineering and stuff like that. And the Imagineering story is, I think, a six-part documentary documentary series on Disney Plus, where they go through basically the entire history of Imagineering as a nerd and as a Disney nerd. Oh, Nelly, this stuff is good. This is this is content made directly for me and Mike. Now that you guys both like Disney, well, you know what I mean. Sorry, that came out meaner than I intended. I hope you take that in the spirit I meant it. Anyway. You will surely enjoy this when it arrives in Britain in like two months. But uh, you should definitely check it out. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal TV show. Desperately want to see this. We can't wait. Like, we're going to be on it. This and The Mandalorian immediately when we get Disney Plus at the end of March. Like, cannot wait. Super excited for this show uh, because it was recommended to us like so highly. It's been multiple people now. So I'm sure you will absolutely, absolutely love it. Uh, what do you have? I'm going to surprise you. I think I, this is, you've seen this probably in the notes, but I think this is going to be a surprise to you. Uh, a Netflix documentary series called Formula One Drive to Survive. Okay, so I wondered if I had put in two entries for myself by accident because I did watch this six-ish, maybe six months ago, maybe a year ago, and it is incredible. But I Holy I'm crap, this thing is unbelievable, Casey. I am oh surprised this was you. Oh my God, it's so good. Oh, it's very good. We're having dinner with Austin Evans, who I mentioned earlier. He's a big F1 fan. And he was an F1 fan as a kid and got back into it because of this documentary series. Mm -hmm. It follows the 2018 Formula One season, which whilst all Formula One seasons are full of drama, this one particularly just like accidentally was full of like a bunch of random things happening that hadn't Mm -hmm. happened in a long time. Mm -hmm. Lots of movements. The drama of Formula One is unbelievable. Like the (laughs) politics... But also the the interspersed with the actual drama of the races, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. a very can be a very dramatic, very dangerous, and so like adrenaline inducing show, uh, like sport. We thought, okay, we'll give this a go. We put on episode one at like ten p.m. We were up until four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't stop watching it. We oh, are it's so good. we are like. We are very ready for Formula One to begin. We're going to start watching it. You know, it's funny you bring this up. So I watched this, I think it was, I started it like at the beginning of the last Formula One season. And I wasn't really paying mm-hmm. attention to Formula, the Formula One season. I was paying attention to the, to the series. And then by the time I was like halfway through the series, I started paying attention to the Formula One season. And um, over time, like Declan and I started to kind of sort of watch it. It's typically on on Sunday mornings for us. And we would have it on, like I remember vividly having it on at the beach this past year. Um, and so I think over time I'm getting more and more into Formula One, which is like, it's one of those things where this was my destiny all along. I just refuse to mm-hmm, admit mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, who is it? Uh, Esteban Ocon was f- semi-heavily featured in Drive to Survive and he lost his ride for this past season. So the season that came after that yep. season or after that series well, he's gotten a ride back for 2020, mm-hmm. and I really, really liked him. He just seemed like a he genuinely like a nice kid. Yeah, yep. super nice guy, super appreciative of everything around him. Whereas some of the other ones are like, "Yeah, of course I'm a race car driver. What, what's it to you?" You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I'm really looking forward to the season, and I believe he's—I forget which team he's on, but I believe he's with Daniel Ricardo, who I yeah, also really Rena. liked. 
Um, so I'm really looking forward to, if, did you say Renault? If, if, if they're together, which is, I believe the case, I, I think that I've now found my team because at the end of drive to survive, like I had characters, if you will, that I enjoyed, but I didn't feel like there was any one particular team I could really get behind. And of course, you mm-hmm. know, Ferrari is great and Ferrari's are nice. I whatever, just assumed but. you would be a massive Haas fan. Uh, uh, yeah, that seems like a Casey list. It, it Formula does. One team. It does. But I don't know. Like power and Americana, baby. Yeah, yeah. Crashing but, into everything. No, but who are the drivers that season? I don't even remember now. Uh, Grosjean and another guy's name. I don't remember. But like Grosjean was the oh, one who kept I crashing re- into everyone. Yeah, I really dislike Grosjean. Because not only did he crash into everyone, but he was always moaning about the fact that he crashed mm-hmm. into everyone. I think that was the problem that I had with Haas, is that I really, really disliked him mm-hmm. a lot. And so mm-hmm. I just couldn't get into Haas. Uh, but no, it's a fair point. But yeah, that that series, the Netflix series, like, I, I, of course, I like cars. That's, that's a long-known fact about me. But I actually did not give a crap about F1. And now I'm starting to give a crap about F1. <laughs> it is very, season very two good. of Drive to Survive premieres on February 28th. I did not know that. The, yeah, the form because the Formula One season begins on like March 15th or 16th, something like that. We're into all of it. We're going to start watching it. Uh, I can't wait. Oh, that's very exciting. Well, I will be watching mm-hmm. that as well. Very mm-hmm. good. No, those are great recommendations. I mean, obviously we always like them, but uh, but those are really good. May I give you one more recommendation, Mike? No. Oh, okay. Well, great talking to everyone. We'll see you later. <laughs> what uh, you got? <laughs> so we didn't record this episode live for a reason. And the reason is, is because as we were sitting here recording, it is Monday, the 3rd of February. And in two days, literally as I'm recording ATP, I will be releasing my next app, which has already been approved by the App Store. It is waiting and ready to go, but I'm going to release it during ATP. And more interesting is that at the time that I'm recording this, Marco and John do not know it exists, or at least mm-hmm. to the best of my knowledge, anyhow. Mm-hmm. So we should probably talk about it. The app is called Peak of You, and it actually was born in Walt Disney World. And I should probably explain that. So yeah. when we were there, um, Michaela, whom I love dearly, uh, was a little bit opinionated about riding in the stroller. And Mike, having experienced a Disney park, even one as small as Disneyland, hey oh, uh, you can imagine that two-year-old legs do not carry you quickly or efficiently around a park the size of Disneyland. And imagine that only made worse at Disney World. And so what we found was the only way we could get her to be like kind of enthusiastic about riding in the stroller was to give her our phones, one of our phones, and have her look at the pictures we had taken recently. And she is skilled enough with the phone that she can like scroll around and tap into pictures and so on and so forth, which is actually kind of incredible to see. But anyway, the problem with this is it is terrifying to let her have unfettered access to the Photos app. Because what co- what kinds of things can you do with the Photos app, Mike? Delete photos. Oh, yes. You can edit photos. You can change live photos to be like loops and you know, boomerangs and things like that. All things I do not want. Now, there is a mechanism within iOS called Guided Access that can lock you into the Photos app, which we used. And there's also an affordance within Guided Access where you can like literally circle things on the screen you don't want the user to be able to touch. Which is fine, but it's very frustrating because you have to like redo all those circles every time you start guided access. And so it occurred to me right after we got home, I could write an app to do this. There's an API to get photos out of the, you know, photos database. I could do this and I could write a read-only photo viewer. And then this way, if we lock Michaela into a read-only photo viewer, I don't have to worry about her deleting or editing or what or whatnot and so on. And then after I started writing it, uh, it occurred to me, well, 
this actually could be useful to other people too. What if you have like a client, you know, maybe you're a, a wedding photographer or something like that, and you make an album full of, you know, example photos, but you don't want the client to go flipping through that and then flipping into, you know, some pictures that you didn't want to show them. Or what if you're, I mean, you have a bunch of screenshots and you're trying to show that what they look like on an actual telephone, you know, all these things are cases where you may not want to uh, give an unrestricted access to your phone or iPad for that matter to somebody else. And so peak of view, uh, the idea is it is a read only photo gallery. And it's one of those things where I wrote it for my family, but I think it might be useful to other people. And, uh, it's, it's waiting and ready on the app store. As I record this, by the time you hear this, it will be available on the app store. Mm -hmm. Um, and I hope that people will find it interesting and like it. It is, uh, it is an in-app purchase. It is, you get to look at your 20 most recent pictures for free. Any more than that, it's a one-time purchase of $5 unless I change my mind in the next two days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, so that's the deal. And, uh, that's, that's what's going on. And I'm really excited about it. And it's not as ambitious an app as vignette, but in some ways I'm a little more proud of it, which if you want, we can pull on that thread in a minute. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited about it. And I'm really, I'm really pleased that I was able to get it from thought to completion in the span of basically two ish months. I think my first commit in GitHub was like the very first couple of days, in November. And then of course the holidays happened. So I barely got any work done for like two straight weeks. And then it got approved, I think the last day of January actually. So basically all of November, the little kiss of December and then January. Um, so two, two and a half months. And, uh, that's, that's the deal. Okay, so uh, it is not, I think a lot of the stuff that I'm going to say about Peak of View is not a surprise to Casey. Mm-hmm. So like, I just want to say like, I'm not blindsiding him. This app isn't for me in the, in the way that is currently implemented, yeah. uh, in the way that I adored Vignette. Great idea, excellent execution. But Peak of View doesn't do it for me um, because I want it to do a thing that it doesn't do. And I hope that Casey will add this because I think a lot of people <laughs> will want it to do what it what I want it to do, which is I want to be able to create an album inside of Peak of View. All right. So like, for example, I could open up my recents or I could say, give me the last X amount of days and then allow me to choose what images I don't want to be seen. And then that's what's in peak of view. That's mm-hmm. what I want the app to do because effectively what I want to do is say, give my mom my iPad and say, look through these pictures, but remove the pictures I don't want her to see. Yeah. Like, so for mm-hmm. example, like, or if I'm showing like a family, uh, if I'm showing like a family slideshow and there's pictures of us at the beach and I want to remove like us in our swimsuits or whatever. Sure, right? sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Just for like whatever reason. Or I want to remove screenshots or I want to remove uh, the pictures that I edited for Visco, right? Like just to remove those so it's easier to just show off these pictures. That's what I want the app to do. It doesn't do that. I believe uh, the response to my request was just create the album in the photos app, which like <laughs> fine, but that's not what I want to do. No, I understand what you're driving at. Yeah, 100%. So like my hope would be that and I, I believe that you would probably, like, if this app does catch on, you will probably add this feature because it seems yeah. like the very logical next step for an application like this. Yep, yep. But I guess what we have here is a, is a proof of concept. Uh, I do wish um, that you had 
a little more restraint over the automatic animation of live photos. <laughs> okay. Because as someone, so I'll ask you a question. Do you leave live photos on all the time? Yes. Okay, so this isn't a surprise to you then, like, and because like they all every time you scroll down, they all turn on and all start moving. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love it if there was a little more like selectivity in that, but I don't know how you would very <laughs> ever possibly work out what should be animated and what shouldn't. So I get that this is like just the decision, and I don't criticize the decision too harshly, but it is a bit much. I do really like the way that the images are shown, though, like that you have this like imperfect grid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Like, I just think that it's nice because it pulls out certain images. It's like the way that Apple did it in the day's view, right? Like, I don't know if this was a choice or whatever from you, but like, I, I do like the way that you've done that. Um, th- what I will say about this application, the thing that is so much better than Vignette is the branding. <laughs> the name and the icon mm-hmm. are like streets, miles ahead of Vignette. Peak of view is genius. Oh, it's a very you. good pun. It's very clever, and it tells you what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Because it tells you child. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's kind of at least its initial market is yep. like, so you can give your phone to a kid and they cannot mess up your pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just like, just a quick look, right? It's also what it's telling you, because that's what the app is effectively for. And the icon is brilliant, like just brilliant, because it's, for parents because parents know what this thing is can you explain the icon please yeah so um let me take just a half step back uh when i was trying to figure out an icon for vignette i had a very particular idea in mind and what i wanted was you know kind of like a rolodex right and that's what a uh, friend of the show, Stee slash Stay, same person, different pronunciations. <laughs> that's what uh, I, I went to him and I said, hey, I think he had actually offered to do an icon. I said, well, yes, and I actually know what I want. And I said to him, you know, I really want it to look like um, like like a, a Rolodex and I want it to be some sort of maroon. And so that's what he built. He built exactly what I wanted him to build. And I like that icon quite a bit. It is very utilitarian. Though. It is. It's, it very, is. it's very like it is a convention of iOS, but it's boring. But it's effective, but it's boring. I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. Um, In this case, uh, the peak of view icon, I was like, (laughs) I don't don't know. Just, Steve, do something good. And uh, so what he came up with, which I thought was absolutely brilliant, and we'll have links in the show notes to this, and uh, Mike, I just dropped it again in our analog channel. Um, It is one of those old Viewmasters. I'm looking at it. Okay, just making sure, just making sure. Um, So it's one of those old like Viewmaster things. So... It's hard to describe this if you're not familiar with what it is, but it's like a thing that you hold up to your face. They were typically red at the time. And you okay, put so like this a little... is pointless. No? Like, I'm just going to put a link in the show notes to Viewmaster. Like, if you, <laughs> if you did not try one of these things, you can't explain this Fair thing enough. to people. Okay. Because it doesn't make any sense to people that didn't, like, use one of these, right? Yeah. it's like, oh, so it was before we had screens... That could show images, but like, so it was a reel of photos, but not photos that you had taken. They were just like a selection of random photos. <laughs> and you like put this plastic binocular up to your face and it would show you like the image and you would click a huge button to spin the wheel and see yep, like yep. pictures of the what? Like it doesn't make any sense, no, it, right? It, you're like, right? You're exactly right. You know if, what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're less than 30 years old, you're going to learn about this and be like what yeah it's madness but it, but i i had one i loved it right like all kids had them yeah, before yeah, you know 
So the, the peak of view icon is basically like an anthropomorphized version of that where there's like two eyes where, where kind of your eyes would go if it were real. And there's like a little mouth on there and the little disc of, of different colored photos at the top. And Does this character, because you've created a mascot, well, Stay has created a mascot. Does the mascot have a name? No, actually, I, mm. I would love a suggestion if you have one, but. Um, I don't have one right now, but I can work on it. Yeah, we should, we should workshop that. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so that's the, the, the. Standard version is a nice green, like almost starburst background with a yellow kind of viewmaster in front of it. Um, and then Steve took it upon himself to create a series of alternate icons. Now, the only problem I have with this is that um, he actually came up with some very, very good and clever names for all these alternate icons, which for reasons that are technical and uninteresting, you can't actually see within the app itself. But, um, but he did come up with several different ones. So there's Business Casual which is like grayscale and it has in the, the a little, bow tie and it has a little bow tie. There's eco-friendly, which is basically grayscale green, if that makes sense. So like all the yellow and, and all the other colors have been drawn out of it. And it's just green everywhere. Uh, flat and friendly, which has a purple background, um, probably because Steve went to uh, James Madison University and their color is purple. So he's paying me back for me using maroon and vignette, which was my alma mater's, uh, one of my alma mater's colors. Uh, so anyway, it's so still it's got a, the character in color, but it's mm-hmm. flattened. Right, very, very flat. And then high contrast, which is probably the mic version, would be my guess. And that is a yellow background with black uh, no, character. No, no, I like color. I've got, I'm going for OG because it's like the most colorful one. Fair enough, fair enough. And then there's trendy, which is like a gradient purpley, bluey, pinky background in a white character. So anyway, uh, if you pay for it, you get to choose uh, between the different icons. You know, choose whichever one you want, and it'll set it on your home screen. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not sure what's going to happen with this app. Like with Vignette, I felt like, not that I had lightning in a bottle, but I felt like there is definitely a market for this. I feel like the market is clearer for Vignette because there are more uses for it. I mm-hmm. feel like in its current implementation, peak of view is more limited. Mm-hmm. I feel like you really have to come at it with the exact thing that you have. And of course, there are lots of, I mean, I don't have that use case, but I, because I am not in the situation that you are in right? Like I do sure. not have young children. Um, so it feels like, and again, so like I told Casey to not price it as high as he has suggested he will price it. I, I think it should be slightly cheaper because I see less of a use case uh, because like Vignette had a business case for totally. itself, mm-hmm. you know, which this one doesn't, but uh, you know, I can also kind of see it's just like, well, why, why not try it and see if people buy it for that money? Like, Let's just see what happens. You've got to experiment, and I'll hand that to you. This is experimenting. It feels very much like you are in the, you are, and I believe we spoke about this before anyway, taking the underscore model here. Uh, some, yeah. I mean, not not to that extreme. <laughs> well, no, because you only got two, but that doesn't sure. mean you couldn't have 20 in four years' time. But like the idea of like, I've got an idea. Let me just see. Exactly right. Yeah. And, okay. and that is very much the, the, the premise here is, you know, I, I had this thing and I was going to build it for me regardless. And, you know, I got to the point that it was workable for Michaela, but you know, then I started to polish and polish and polish. And one of the things I like about peak of view is not only the branding, but I think in general, it's just more polished than vignette was. Um, some of that is because vignette was done in haste, you know, cause if you recall, I was trying to get in before dub dub, um, and, and not all of it, of course, but some of it was done in haste. Whereas peak of view, I've been able to take a little, like I've been hurrying, but at the same time I was, I allowed myself to polish a bit more. Uh, mm. and so I don't know what's going to happen with this. Um, and we don't need to belabor the point any more than we already have, but 
it may be that this will make 20 bucks and that'll be that. And then I'll know. And at least I'll have a very, very nice polished app for Michaela. <laughs> it's my hope is that it'll make enough to justify doing the mic feature, you know, whatever I end up calling that. And then maybe it'll be done. You just gave it the, the name. I don't yeah, know what the problem <laughs> exactly is. Right. You came up with the perfect name. It explains exactly what it does right on the tin. But anyway, so we'll see what happens. I genuinely think that like like the way I see it is you would capture one market with the current version and the second market with my version. And I think right. that my version mm -hmm. benefits the first group and also wider. Agreed, agreed. Mm -hmm. I completely agree so, with you. So I will say one of my favorite, favorite... Uh, release note items was when you said oh uh no longer shows hidden photos <laughs> and i was like oh my god <laughs> like the worst possible thing casey yeah yep. <laughs> this was this was one of the earlier there was this was one of the earlier um uh test flight betas mm -hmm. and the funny thing i just don't use hidden photos like that's yeah. just not something that's in my world and i i could name who it was but just in case it's embarrassing i won't name who it was but a mutual friend of ours had pointed out very very gently um, you know, you're showing hidden photos. Is that, uh, is that by design? Oh, oh, no, no, not really. Should probably not. Didn't know it existed. That. Yep. Because Whoopsies. there is, people probably don't know this. There is an option set of photos that where you can, if you like uh, go into the share menu, because of course that's where it is. Of um, course. You can, uh, you, there's a button you can select for, to hide a photo. And then it, there is a special album, uh, which is right at the very bottom on the albums list called hidden. And you can put, photos in there so i don't know pictures you don't want your family to see pictures that you want just for you maybe they're private in some way you get my point yep. uh you can save them uh in the hidden area so that's a good place for them yep so that's the thing uh please find a link in the show notes to uh go give me five bucks if you're willing mm -hmm. <laughs> or maybe less who knows and uh and give can uh, give vignette goodness uh well you could give vignette a try but give peak of you a try uh i'd really appreciate it even if it's not really for you i mean even just downloading the free version you download can't the free version and tell casey how much you would like my feature added <laughs> that's to the application. fine i'm okay with that you can hold back your fifth star whatever it is people I, mean, do I don't know days. how development works but it really does feel like you already have the bones yeah, it, it's probably, I, I think I have like half of the work already done that I would need to do that. And the other right. half is going to be tough and frustrating, but it's not an insurmountable thing to do. Yeah. Like I want an album that doesn't exist in the photos app that just exists inside of this app. Sure. I want to be able to have a few options for this, which are like smart, right? So I can choose them all myself manually, but I can also say, give me the last 10 days, give me this location, like all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You could really make a great slideshow application here, like just for people's holidays. Put AirPlay in it, like let me share it, easy, done, right? That's yeah. what I want, Casey List. So everybody needs to go out there, download the application, either pay for the in-app purchase or download it, say how much you love it, but tell Casey gently and nicely how much you would also like the feature that Mike's requesting. <laughs> and then promise to give him money and then do it. Yeah, pinky swear. It. Pinky swear yeah. are the only yeah. things accepted. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, like pay for it and then just like email him your receipt or something and be like, <laughs> I want this feature, but I pay for it now. Consider this a pre-order. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a custom bespoke Kickstarter. Oh Does this all work for you? Is this the kind of thing you want to, <laughs> oh, you want that kind of thing on your brain, huh? Oh, like no. people just like emailing you their receipts and no, asking for something. No, please no. Why don't we uh, change the subject and talk about something else that is awesome?
Uh, this episode is brought to you by Health IQ. At some point in the last couple of years, you've probably created or maintained a healthy habit of some kind, whether it's getting enough sleep, working out, or just trying to eat correctly. Uh, if you live a healthy lifestyle, you could be rewarded for your hard work of more affordable life insurance rates, and you could save up to 41%. You just take the Health IQ quiz and they'll walk you through the entire process of applying. The policy is underwritten by one of their top insurance partners and there will be a person at the end of the phone who you can chat to. The savings are exclusive to Health IQ so you won't find them anywhere else but you do have to qualify to get that special rate. Life insurance is one of those things that you maybe don't want to have to think about but it's important. It's very important. So I've recently started looking at this in a lot more detail. Like life insurance is an important thing. If there's somebody in you in your life that you care about, you should have something in place to take care of them. I have some policies. I have strengthening them. I'm looking at doing it more. I really recommend that people take a look at this in their lives. And especially if you, know, you want to go to Health IQ, which you should, take a look at what they could help save you. I think that could be really great because you could be saving money on what you're currently paying Get more for your money. How great is that? Go to healthiq.com slash analog and you can take the proprietary Health IQ quiz. Depending on your score, as well as other related qualifying factors, you could save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. Again, that is healthiq.com slash analog to let them know that we sent you and to start the process with the Health IQ quiz. There is no commitment and you'll learn even more about the potential opportunities to be rewarded for your commitment to living healthily. So once more, Health IQ dot com slash analog our thanks to health iq for their support of this show and all of relay fm all right let's do just a couple of quick relay your feels because we are running long crazy writes mike who are your favorite terrace house members and uh they would like to share that hansan and arman are theirs mm-hmm. uh, my favorites are hansan taishi lauren and pepe uh, so i'm really like covering my bases across the well across three of the seasons oh, and there was there was a guy in um, Opening New Doors who I really liked, but I don't remember his name right now. Um, let me, I can Google that. Terrace House. You got to watch Terrace House, Casey. Uh, I'm in the middle, Aaron and I are in the middle of Downton Abbey right now, which we've never seen before. Why? And, uh, and so, is that not good? Nah. <laughs> Fine. I thought you'd be more <laughs> excited. This is your people, nah, man. Not, not really. I, I just never really, I never watched it. I mean, I it's, it's pretty good. I just don't think it's was, it wasn't really my thing. Oh boy, this is like I'm trying to trying to find the names of people in this is so difficult. Like, because there's so much Terrace House content. Uh, so the main cast members, uh, Shion, Shion is also a big fan of Shion. Uh, he seems like a cool guy. Um, I love Terrace House. It's the best. Like, it really is just so good. Casey, just go back, watch the first series on Netflix at some point. Give it a few episodes. You're looking at uh, Boys and Girls in the City. Uh, it's the first one that's on Netflix. It's the first Netflix version. Um, deep on that show. Big time. Love it. It's the best. Yeah, at some point I'll probably check it out. But, I mean, I've got so much other stuff that that I should be watching that I'm not. Like, I haven't, I've never mm-hmm. seen Great British Baking whatever whatever thing either. And I understand that that's to be compulsory these days. What's a Great British British uh, Bake Off? Uh, is that right? Great British Bake Off in the UK. It's called the Great British Baking Show in America. Yeah, you're not a big fan. Oh, I love it. Uh, I'm. I've the most recent season when they because they've changed over a lot of the well they, they changed network in the UK so they mm. changed a lot of the hosts and stuff. And I initially didn't watch that, but I did watch the most recent season because it was getting great reviews and it's really, really, really good. So we're actually th- at some point going to go back and watch some of the seasons since it left BBC and went to Channel 4. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, we watched all of the BBC one. 
uh, there's a there's a show, uh, two shows I kind of like that that I really enjoy. It's a Netflix show called, um, oh, what is it called? Blown Away, which is a glass blowing competition show. Oh, interesting. Which is really good. Um, and then also the Great Pottery Throwdown, which is same thing but for pottery. <laughs> interesting. Did you? Mm-hmm. Did you? You probably didn't. Did you happen to watch the Super Bowl at all last night? No, okay. no, I did not. Usually, I have in the past, but I ju- I wasn't able to last night. That's fine. Uh, the only reason I ask is because it was aired on Fox, not Fox News, same parent company, different channel. Uh, it was aired on Fox, and not they... the same parent company. That is incorrect. Oh, they're not. I thought they were. Come oh, on, you, Casey. you would know. You would know. I'm not. Come arguing. on, Casey. Disney on Fox now. Oh right, right. I completely forgot about that. You are absolutely Wait, correct. Wait, was it Fox or Fox Sports? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay, well, it doesn't matter the same for if I'm correct or not, but. <laughs> One way or another, they were advertising, also airing on Fox. I already forgot the name of the show, but basically it's a, what appears to be a great British bake-off, but for Lego. So creating like Lego sets and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that was a, that was, this is a second, this is like a, uh, this is just like Bake Off or whatever. Well, not just like Bake Off, but this is a show that exists in the UK. Oh, interesting. That has okay. been bought by an American company and they're making their own version of it. Mm-hmm. So the guy, I forget, it's Will Arnett, I think, who does the voice of, of Batman yeah, in, yeah, in that yeah. series. We saw he's... an ad for that when we were in LA because we drove past the Fox Studios. Okay, there you go. So he's doing, he's hosting this and it looks really, really good. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I believe it premieres uh, this coming Wednesday, which was this past Wednesday for all of you listening to it. Anyway, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, the the sale to Disney did not include the Fox Broadcasting Company and television stations or the Fox Sports, Fox News, or Fox Business cable channels, which were to be maintained under a company tended to be referred to as New Fox. There's your follow-up. Oh, all right. They got all of the movie stuff, not the TV stuff. I got you. All right, so Will asks, Casey, is there a college football tailgate and stadium that you want to visit? Yes. So I am the eldest of three boys. Both of my younger brothers went to Penn State. And they were there uh, in in series, you know, one after the other. And for eight years, I had the opportunity to go to Penn State. This is before any of our kids were born. I had the opportunity to go to Penn State, go to a football game. Never did it because I am a darn fool. You're a fool, Casey Liss. I am an absolute fool. So I would love to um, go and see a Penn State football game. And there are plenty of other stadiums as well. But uh, I would love to see a Penn State football game. I think that would be phenomenal. Their stadium, not very good looking, but huge and very scary looking. And so I would love to see, especially like a whiteout. I would love to see a whiteout there. So Mike, for your benefit, this is a whiteout. So this is a hundred plus thousand person stadium. And one of the team's colors is white. It's white and blue. And so when there's a whiteout, all of the fans do, I mean, there's no like rule or anything, but all the fans try to wear like all white or at least white shirts and, you know, white hats if it's cold outside and so on and so forth. So why don't they do that all the time? That's a fair question to which I don't have a good answer. But uh, to see a hundred plus thousand people, like I don't remember how big Wembley is or any of the other big stadiums by you, but I would I would assume that they're smaller than this. They're a hundred plus thousand people all dressed in white, all screaming at the top of their lungs. There's there's something cool about that. And so Wembley would, Stadium has a capacity of ninety thousand. Oh, so. actually, that's much much closer than I expected. Okay, so well, suck it. <laughs> So anyway, so a marginally larger, what is it? Beaver Stadium, I think is the name of it. Beaver Stadium. This is great programming right here as we search Wikipedia. Uh, 110,889 is their record attendance. Although capacity, curiously, is only 106,000. I wonder how that works. But uh, one way or another, I would love to see a uh, football game there. I think it'd be great. Well, because it depends on what the capacity is. Because if you don't use the floor area, 
This is why like the WWE very frequently sets attendance records wherever they go. Oh, because they only need like a teeny tiny stage, if you will. Yeah, they only they have a small area in the yeah, middle. They can put yeah, people okay. on what would be the pitch, right? Mm, which they do mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Which is why they, you know, like for I, I read a thing that like the next Super Bowl is in L.A., right? Mm-hmm. I think. And, uh, sure. And I, I think the WWE are doing a show. I think like, they wanted to do WrestleMania in LA as well, but they want to do it after the Super Bowl so they can beat the Super Bowl tennis record. <laughs> they <laughs> just like to, funny. I don't know what they're like, a, they, they're obsessed with doing that in the places that they go to. I think it's to try and show the rest of the sports world that like people care. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but they love to set attendance records. We just set an attendance record for this episode of Analog. So congratulations to all of us. All right. Hooray. Uh, interestingly, apparently Google Street View has an interior view of their football stadium, or so Wikipedia says. I don't know if this is true. Yeah, or not. this is a thing. There, there are a lot of interiors in Google Street View now. Oh, I didn't, like I didn't know that. and stuff. Huh, that's super cool. So you can find that on Google Street View, and it's a big stadium. So yeah, I would like to go there sometime. 